You're listening to the Talk with the Wise podcast, a podcast where I talk with those who have lived more life than myself and ask them to share the wisdom they've gained from their experience. This was such a good conversation, we had to split it into two parts. You're listening to part two. So if you missed part one, you can go back and listen to it at the Talk with the Wise podcast. But for now, please enjoy part two. As a professor of interpersonal communication and communication theory, do you have any either general or get as specific as you would like uh, relationship advice? Uh, first of all, don't let your wife listen to your podcast when you talk about relationships. Usually in the beginning of my interpersonal class, put in some disclaimer that my wife advises you not to take this class from me. It's the case for with everything, right? We we It's easy to know something as a lot of hard, a little bit harder to do it. But one of the advantages of education, of reading, of knowing is maybe there are times when I can catch myself and I know better than to do this. Here's, here's a, maybe there's a better way to do it. What do I, what would I, relationship? I, I don't know. Um, maybe write a paper about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll break it up a little bit. Like, um, cause there's various stages and types of relationships, but like, um, if you have maybe even tidbits for like people who are just started to date or maybe someone like who just got engaged and is in that stressful, like engaged time in their relationship or newly married, like if you want to break it up and think about it that way or courting, if we have any homeschoolers listening. <laughs> <laughs> what is just the balance of dependence and independence that can be unsettling to young people especially in first relationships where you you find a person who'll talk to you it's like, all right uh, and they'd like you as well and so you get that that those first moments where you're you're just talking there's a lot to talk about because you don't know much about each other yet uh you're just you fr- you disappear from your friends right? your friends wonder where you've gone because you're with this new new person which is fun. I mean, it's a great stage of a relationship, but it can't last because at a certain point, you're going to run out of new stuff because those first few weeks, everything you're saying is brand new to the person and everything you're learning is brand new to you. It's like fascinating. And this, and then you kind of get boring <laughs> after a while, which is what a relationship should be. Think about the relationship you have with your siblings. Your siblings bore you. At a certain point, this person that you're dating is going to bore you the same way. Uh, that's that's why my wife should not listen to this. Is, this sounds really awful, right? But those are relationships that are stable, right? where I'm not having to worry or guess at what somebody's going to think or do or what somebody thinks about me. I know that stuff. Now, there's always variations. People change. Uh, but that can be disconcerting when... You, you notice the temperature starts to turn down or the pace starts to slow. Like we used to talk, we used to be so close. You, you can never sustain that. And the other problem is when you bind yourself so tightly to somebody in those early stages, you know, where do you want to go? When, where, where do you want to go to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go to eat? What do you want to watch this weekend? I don't know. What do we want to watch this weekend? Oh, I just want to be with you. That's all I want, uh, which is really nice and generous, but it, that person fell in love, perhaps we're at a love stage yet, fell in love with somebody who's not them, not you. So 
you need to be you at some point. You you have aspects to your character, your personality that is not them that they were looking for. And the more that you I'll just do whatever you want to do, the less they see of you. And at a certain point also that becomes oppressive for you, right? That that you're not able to make your own decisions. And so you you need that space. Now that's a difficult thing because at right, we step back. I'm gonna watch my show, I'm gonna to listen to my music, I'm gonna eat here, even though I know you don't like it. I just need an afternoon to myself. Too much of that, and you lose that connection. And the, here's the bad news: you never figure that out, right? As as a couple, right? that it's just it's kind of your breathing. You, you know, you you take that step apart from each other to reinvestigate and re, you know, be you again, and you discover I'm missing my friend, right? and you come back together, and now it's what do you want to do? It's like no, I need to do my own thing. So. That can happen quickly or slowly, but that does. So you you never nail it down, right? How what what should we? What's the right balance? The best you can do is maybe slow the movement down, and and also expect it that it's not going to be it's not going to be something that you master. So that this dynamic tension that will be a part of every relationship, and the reason that's important to know is especially for people starting their first serious relationship is that change because it's just wonderful but that change in pace or that change in closeness can become really disconcerting oh no he doesn't love me anymore or you know something's wrong he's found somebody else no it's just normal maybe he did find someone else but <laughs> most of the time that's just a normal process yeah yeah i think it was um c.s lewis i'm trying to remember the exact quote but he talks about like the infatuation or honeymoon stage and he's like it would be like it's unattainable to stay in that like we're not designed to uh to stay in that overwhelming like lovey-dovey honeymoon stage that's that's great advice thank you so much do you have any advice uh this is kind of looking ahead in the future but any more you know like relationship advice but particularly like someone who is new to parenting i was just talking to a friend a couple of days ago who's a new parent saying is it what you expected? And he gave the right answer. Oh, it's wonderful. It's more than I expected. My re my reflection on parenting is I'm horrified that my parents were my parents at the age that they were my parents. Because I, your parents are always seem older to you than you are. Right? So when you become a parent, whether you be 22 or 32, it seems like you're really not qualified for it. But yet there's this baby here that you need to take care of. And, and, you know, most of the time you do. But I look back and think, because our parents are always there. You know, I knew my parents when they were in their mid-20s. I knew what I was like in my mid-20s. And they were taking care of my life, right? <laughs> they were making decisions in their 30s that affected my life. So maybe it's just me, but you never feel, I think, like you're really qualified for it. But the understanding then that I'm having now is that was probably how my parents felt as well and how their parents felt as well. No one's really qualified to be a parent. It's the way God designed it. Young people have children. And by the time we're wise enough to actually be a good parent, we can't have children anymore. <laughs> Abraham and Sarah may be accepted, but you, you have to learn on the job. And you should ask my children how well I did. At that. Don't ask my children how well I did at that. But it will also test your relationship too, right? Because 
to the to the extent that you're different and you will be, you've got different approaches on how you should discipline or even what should be disciplined. And they they will, you know, children will, will introduce a new area of stress uh, into a relationship. But they also bind a relationship. Right? It's a thing you're doing together and children will turn you into an adult pretty quickly. I like my job, but I need to keep my job so my children stay fed and clothed and housed. I need to be mature in the decisions that I make because I've got three other people depending on me. My wife, that was her own bad choice. My children didn't have a, a say in that. Right? So I owe them that responsibility. And you don't want to think about that too often, but that can be kind of sobering because you never, I mean, here's here's something that, 20 year old me didn't understand, I think, is that you'd never grow up, right? You never get that point where, hey, I'm an adult now. I'm the same person I was when I was three. But I think if you think about yourself, right? You internally are the same person as that earliest memory. I see the world, the eyes are the same, right? I'm seeing the world the same person. It's just, uh, as you've pointed out to me, I have more gray hairs now. Um, it's a crown of glory. <laughs> I just like to say that's a biblical fact. <laughs> Fewer hairs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I look different. My my body creaks in new places now, but and I have more experiences. And by virtue of having breathed long enough, I know some stuff that I didn't know when I was three. But you you never really change. And I was talking to an older friend last week who said, you know, he he's in his eighties now. Uh, for him, he used to say, "Old is twenty years older than you are." Uh, but then you get to 20 years older than you are. And that's not old anymore. That's just normal. That's just regular. And now that he's in his 80s, he said, I've changed that because you know, you, 20 years now you're dead. That's that's not just old. But you never feel like you've, I think, feel like you've made it in terms of, I think that's when we get to heaven. Right? All right, I made it. I graduated. I. The whole point of living for a Christian is to die, to die well. So it got morose quickly, but... I don't expect I'm going to feel like I've got it sorted out or made it until then. And yeah, so the person you are is the person that you'll be when you're 30 and 40 and 50. You're not going to change. So you will maybe add more wisdom to that. But the you that you are stays with you and doesn't really seem to age. Just gets more worn out, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You know, if you if you live successfully, you get old because because this is the same in any generation. They're going to be old and young people. Young people will, will look down on old people. But you know what old people have done? They've lived right. Right. They've done it right to get there. Right. So they are not to be judged. You know, <laughs> you made it to 90. Good job. You know, you, you kept that up for 90 years. Not everyone can say that. Uh, and a 20 year old certainly you got another 70 years of right living to to get there so so don't be down on on age I mean, if you do it right you'll get old it's just a consequence of it <laughs> it's a reward then at that point yeah have you had like moments of feeling like a little bit like of accomplishment like since even though you're saying oh you know i don't feel old i haven't don't quite feel like you're at that next stage have you ever had stages of like looking back and feeling like that well life never stops so there's always something happening maybe retire i don't even think retirement does that um you you know probably get there are things that are less you get less fearful of or less challenging of you know i, 
I have a job and I have tenure. I'm not worried about where my next paycheck's going to come from. So, which is a different, which is not the case for, you know, probably some of the people listening to this. So there are certain things that you don't have to worry about. I'm in a profession now. I'm in a career that I'm, unless I hear from Dr. Whitaker tomorrow, <laughs> seems fairly stable. So there are some worries that get taken off the table, but, you know, life goes on. I've, I have a, an adult son who's left home. I've got a, but a, a daughter who's young and at home. And so helping her through the process of growing up, you, you can't get removed from that. Uh, you know, my wife. So you, those, those responsibilities stay with you, church life. So you never get to a point where things, things maybe get less stressful, but I think that they don't really, all right, I've, I've got to a point now when I've got it all figured out. Because it's still the three-year-old me in here that's trying to make, kind of like a little bit like Avatar, right? <laughs> How do I make this work? It would be so easy to make lots of irresponsible decisions. Mm. But this is, our, I think, our sin nature until we get to heaven we, where we won't be able to do that. Right? We won't be able to make sinful decisions anyway. I think part of, part of maturation is knowing what, maybe being able to identify those before you make them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what you're saying about viewing older people as old and how that like changes my parents and grandparents are both like a little bit older for my age. And so my idea of like old kept changing, like I keep pushing it back and I'm getting to the point where it's like, I'm, I'm running out of space. The grandparents are getting into their nineties. I can't say, oh, they're not old. They're like, you just kind of name it and claim it. But even as you're talking, like there's a sense of, obviously this shouldn't become like an idol or anything, but I think I don't know why maybe it's in nature people view older people like with disdain and like, oh, you know, they're not as useful. But like you're saying, they really, really are. Like I, um, whenever I get stressed, I think one of the sources that I use is like looking to old people like, okay, you have made it. You've made it to, you know, whatever age that is, whether it be 90 or just, you know, 40, 50, something like that of like, okay, you've done something right mm -hmm. to the point where it's like, that's one of the reasons for this podcast is just for people who may not like have that resource of, you know, life is really, really stressful. Um, well, that's also a parenting perspective too. You know, my wife would sometimes as our babies are growing up, oh, she's getting so big. Yeah, because we're doing the job. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the job. Yeah, because she's still alive. That was our goal, right? <laughs> And that's all you're thinking the first few months. Just keep her alive, you know. <laughs> and if you keep her alive, she'll grow bigger. And so, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and kind of as a closing, I know we've talked a lot of practical stuff, but uh, is there any other any other grander scheme things you'd like to? Yeah, I, I guess something I think about is, and no one's ever asked me to give a commencement address, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. But, you know, your typical commencement address is you go out and change the world. That would not be mine. <laughs> I would love to hear your commencement address now, <laughs> thinking about it. Change your world. Don't change the world. I like my world. I like the world as it is. I really don't want to have people change it. Not even change the world. Be faithful in the world that you're in. That to be a faithful father and a husband and a churchman, faithful in your profession, I think that's good enough. That's what we're called to. There's, you know, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon looks all around the world and you know comes back to you know what? It's about eating and enjoying your job. Right? Find joy in your toil, right? And that's a gift from God. That the mundane should 
be a legitimate source of joy, God's placed, Calvin talks about God's placed us in a station and you know, we shouldn't look at other places. I, you know, we've just had the Queen's funeral. King Charles is now king. For all his life, that's been his life. Right? He's always going to be king. So that'd be so good. That'd be so cool to be a king for a day. I bet it would be for a lifetime. I'm not sure. Queen Elizabeth, 70 years as queen. God put her in that position. She, Elizabeth's loved because she did a great job at that. But just, this is Calvin's predestination, God's sovereignty. Just as much as God put Elizabeth in that position, he put me in this one. Uh, but that also means I shouldn't be jealous of other people. I would like more money. There are people who do better, have more money, have you know, more athletic bodies, have you know whatever. For some reason, God didn't do that. He also, there are also other people in worse stations than I am, right? That I'm thankful that I'm in this particular. Think about if I'd been born 500 years ago or in any other country, life could be really, really bad. So God's put us in this in this station, and our responsibility is to be faithful at that post. And the invitation to go and change the world is an invitation to leave our post. God's put some people in those posts, like someone like a Churchill. Right, where it's his job to change the world. My job is to be faithful to the calling God's given me, to my family, to my students, right, to, to my employers. And I think if enough of us do that, that will change the world, but we won't take individual credit for it. So that, I think, erases some striving, right, that I should be doing more. Yeah, some people probably should. Right? You point to some people, you could do more with the talents that you have. But, but do the best in the situation that you have. If God's called you to it, he'll call you to another post, you know, as he does with some people. But yeah, there's, there's a Christian idea of vocation that we don't all have to be pastors and we don't all have to be missionaries. God, God needs somebody to grow the grain that went to the baker who cooked the loaf that was used in the Last Supper. Right? If, if those weren't there, we never, see, we never read their names in the Bible, but but they were faithful at their job to provide an essential service for ultimately our redemption. So be the faithful farmer, the faithful baker, right? the faithful supermarket or, or the you know, marketeer <laughs> you know, to sell the loaf right? to the disciple who comes and buys the loaf from you. Uh, we all need to be in our posts and being faithful in our posts. There's a big idea. Right? <laughs> it's a kind of a little idea. It's like, don't have big ideas. Be, be faithful in the little things. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, I think it's in, I can't remember if it's first or second Peter, but there's a verse about like God's given you everything you need for life and godliness through the knowledge. Yet again, that like knowledge based kind of faith to, you know, to give him glory. That's you feel like, oh, I need to, you know, I would like to be in a different position. You were talking about like wanting to be in a, in a different place. I would like to make more money, but he's given me like everything that I need in this point in life to do, you know, what I'm supposed to do in this point in life and do it faithfully into his glory. Yeah. I think the question, if, if God didn't change your circumstances, could you be happy? Mm. And if you're not, that's what you got to work on. We, God's given us power to, to do a good job and maybe get a promotion or to, you know, he's given us a ability to make wise choices. But if they didn't, you know, if I do the very best job and I'm, you know, exceeding all these expectations and my employer never promotes me, am I able to be content with that and assume this is maybe where God's put me for some reason? I need to be. 
It's not, it's not really a, a comforting or easy thought, but I need to be, you know, to, to, to not be, not be striving. Yeah. It's uh, changing like the goals of Christians is not, you know, it, it honestly, it kind of boils down. It feels like it boils down to that of like goals of man. I would really like to, you know, be promoted or whatever, but that's not the, the end goal, whatever you're doing. It's, you know, contentment, but contentment in glorifying God and whatever you're doing, because you can do that in any, <laughs> any circumstance, money or no money, family or no family. Well, you Joseph is a good example. Joseph is in prison. Like, this is so unfair. Why am I in prison? God needed him in prison for those moments where he interpreted the dreams. And then he's elevated out of that. But I mean, I, I think you, you see a maturation in Joseph as the young man, you know, telling all of his brothers, I'm going to be your ruler. I am going to change the world. By the time we meet him again in Egypt, he's matured. He's probably not happy in prison, but he's able to serve God in, in really important ways. I mean, the whole history of the Old Testament comes out of that. But yeah, there, there's he shows that over his life that all right, God's put me here for some reason. That that trusting in God's placement and sovereignty it doesn't make us completely passive. Right? We, we still have to do the job but, that God's given us. But the contentment, I think, that comes is is an important part. Now, I'm not I'm not perfect at that. <laughs> I can be jealous of somebody's nice car or nice house or nice job title. But then when you walk away from that thing, you know, that was not right that I'd be thinking those. And I need to be content with what I'm at. And if that ever happened to me, great. Right? So, but it also avoids pride, right? That Queen Elizabeth wasn't queen because she was better than me because God put her in that position. But, but I'm no better than, than somebody who's struggling because they, they got born into diff different circumstances and I've had privileges that, or accidental opportunities that have come my way through God's hand that hasn't for others. So it puts us in our place, I think, too. But that's where serve at your post. This is the post God's put you at. Do your best at it. Do your best. I like it. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the Talk with the Wise podcast. You've been a great guest. Thank you so much uh, for being on. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for listening we hope you found this conversation edifying and helpful if you did please share this episode with anyone you feel could benefit from it and if you really enjoyed it please leave us a review it really helps us out thanks again for listening to the talk with the wise podcast <laughs>